1: Welcome to Getting Started in Design, a theme series of the This Is HCD podcast. Our goal is to bring stories and insights from real people about the culture, challenges, and opportunities for new and transitioning designers in the field. I am your guest host, Ben McLaren, strategic designer and customer success manager at ThisisDoing.com, home to many of the world's best design and change maker courses online. I am based, as you can probably tell, in Australia. I really wanted to host a few episodes of the Getting Started series, as I believe that sharing stories on what it's like moving into the design field is crucial to identifying and removing barriers, growing and reflecting on our own practice, and supporting other designers. In a few episodes, we may talk about the personal experiences and barriers from the perspectives of gender, ethnicity, or age whether you're transitioning into design, a design student, mentoring new designers, or teaching the next generation. We all play a part in supporting ourselves and those around us to grow and learn. Now, today on the show, we have Natalia Alessi, a visual and service designer based in Australia who works as a design lead at the University of Melbourne. We speak about how Natalia got into design her experience as a second English speaker, how she transitioned from another field into design as a career, and her perspectives from teaching and observing new design students. I had the privilege of talking to Natalia, who has been amazing in sharing her story. Now, let's get on with the show.
2: So I am Natalia. I am a designer. Design is a broad term. So what I do in design is I do visual design, and I also do service design mainly those two and i do some illustration as well i work uh in education i've been working uh doing design in education for some years now and i'm currently at the university of melbourne working as a design lead um as part of the uh, operations group so basically it's um uh, it's helping uh staff and different teams across the organization uh to improve services using digital platforms
1: so how did you get into the design as like field you mentioned you were studying is that how um, you first learned about it what was your how how do you how do you discover something called design and find your way in there
2: Uh, yeah it's a good question so it was um, I actually did my master's in communication design and that's that I guess it's it's how I Got my yeah my foot into design um and yeah, it was basically a career change. I did my degree in communication uh and worked for some years in uh doing advertising uh this is back in my early twenties uh and then I guess I had kind of a crisis in that I was not feeling that that was enough or that I wanted to continue working um as a career in that field and I actually always thought or I always liked to do things with my hands uh since I was a kid so that was something that I guess it was on the back of my mind always um so yeah when the right time came I decided to um come to Australia actually and and Do a master's in design, but also having that experience of living abroad and and learning in another language and learning English as well at the same time. So my master's was in Australia. I I did the master's of communication design at RMIT in Melbourne, Mm. uh, but my degree was back home. I'm originally from Argentina and that's where, uh, yeah, that's that's where I was before coming to Australia.
1: Was there any barriers for you or what was it like being kind of coming across from abroad, um, from a place like Argentina, was there any differences or was there anything, whether it be culturally, linguistically?
2: all all all, all together. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, there is a lot of differences and then there is also things that are, um, sort of quite familiar. Um, I. I guess yeah, like the the first one is the language one where if you are familiar to speaking in, in a language, then um sort of making your brain to think in another language and, and also absorb information and you know, perform as a student. Um, that was definitely something that it was um it was different um to when I did my degree, but also I guess, yeah, also somehow a challenge. Uh mm-hmm. yeah and then in definitely culturally as well um there are differences uh in, in in every country and that's something that um i guess after 10 years of living here i still uh find differences or um you know things you learn every day because yeah because things are basically different too
1: What are some of the i guess the biggest challenges that you've seen in the in those differences um Are there any that you've consistently, um, encountered or any, were there any that were like a really big?
2: Yes, uh, for sure. For example, to, 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 to give an example of this one challenge that I had, um, when I finished my master's and I was uh, trying to get a job into, into the field, um, it, took me a long time and I wish at that time I had some mentors or support that could help me because I could, um, I would sort of create a portfolio that was aligned to what I understood from my home time, how you should be doing a portfolio, how you should present yourself in an interview where, where the things that you should be saying, uh, your attitude and so on. Um that was something that it's be- was the- very difficult for me, and that it took me a while to realize that, you know, not being successful on interviews or in the way I would approach companies uh, or agencies to, um, you know, to introduce myself, etc. That the-, the the way to do it, the- there are codes that is-, is not something that people could tell you, but definitely exist, and that they are quite different in every country. Um, mm. So that that was one uh definitely a challenge I had in terms of like you know uh being in another country that mm-hmm. it was not right yeah what
1: what what's the difference i guess um between um like how you would interview or present yourself in Argentina versus how may maybe either in Australia or um in that other sort of context
2: um yeah so for example um In back home, your resume would be one page. And the reason why your resume would be one page is because uh, the person that would be looking at your CV, it's obviously looking at many. So they want to quickly see why, uh, like why they should hire you or why they should like, you know, why you, you, you stand up. Uh, and at the beginning, I was doing that in here, so I was <clears throat> not including a lot of information because in my mind, it was that, well, what I have to include is these key things that I have done. Then along the way, I realized that that was not seen okay here in Australia because um what 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 later i learned is that in australia they want to see how did you went from a to b so they want to see exactly everything that you have done they it, it does not really matter uh it, it's not so important that it has to be uh, in one page you can do two three pages in here even four in some cases depending on what you are applying for um could be fine so that's that's one mm-hmm. thing that was different and i think it varies in, in different countries i was talking with someone in in the u.s and they were telling me oh no here in the u.s you would you would only include one page like more is like mm-hmm. just too much to read um so that's one mm-hmm. um then in re- in relation to the act your attitude in an interview um so for example back home uh if you show yourself or uh, um or if you demonstrate a lot of passion uh when you talk about your practice that's it seems at something really good it's like oh this person is really committed to the practice, and for sure it's gonna be you know someone that we can rely on and that we can trust that it's 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 gonna um <clears throat> Sort of um, do the best, whereas I found in here that can be seen sometimes as someone emotional and and, and maybe mm. that it's it, it's seen not as good because if you are working maybe it's not um, it's not so professional sort of to bring so much of your emotions into your workplace. Um, mm. So these is, these is only some
1: examples. So is 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 English your first language?
2: That's nice from you. No, obviously not. Um, uh, and I'm saying obviously not because I know I'm aware that I have an accent. So my my native uh, language is Spanish.
1: When you talk about design, do you normally talk about it in English or are you able to have those conversations in Spanish?
2: It's a really good question. You know what? Because I feel that because sort of my designer life has been pretty much in English. And what I mean is I study uh, design in English and then I got into the field in English and since like I, I never sort of had a job in Spanish that would mm. be design. Well, I had a few collaborations though, um, mm. <clears throat> but what I was meaning to say is that it's it's a challenge to speak about design in Spanish more than it is in English. What what really this means is that practice is everything, right? Whatever you practice is. Uh, whatever you would feel comfortable with, and I guess because my practice of design has been pretty much always in English, it's what I feel more comfortable to do. I'm still learning, um, and I think somehow um that put me down, or that like for example, I would it, it took me a long time to um, be confident on an interview, or uh, I don't know. Some years ago, I. Could not do what we are doing now like it would be extremely terrifying because it would be uh yeah it's basically mm. because we usually don't feel comfortable in 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 what we don't know or what it's a challenge and mm. um and I guess as well I'm a bit of a perfectionist and yeah and I would be oh in a, in a spanish that would be so much easier for me to explain <laughs> um so the first years definitely was that sort of self confidence that i had to build uh or like you know accept that yeah this is my second language but i, I still can communicate and uh even if it's not perfect it's okay uh so that took me some years for sure
1: what are some of the things that either you yourself found or you wish you had that would help people who either have maybe english as a second language or they come from a different culture or a different area that would have been really something that would have um, helped lower those barriers, or or at least help that process.
2: Yeah. Um. So, what I would say, or what I wish I had, or what I could um could suggest to someone is ha- having a mentor, basically. Uh So, and what I mean by this is that um. There are many things that goes to do with working uh, or, or, or sort of, um, yeah, having a career in, in design. And I'm th- I think that maybe this goes beyond design and to anyone. I think there are certain things that you learn at university if you go to university to study. Uh, and there are cert- certain things that you would learn if you are a practitioner as you go at work But there are things that that there is always support that you would need. There there is always could be challenges that you are facing. And maybe my challenges are not the same as yours. Maybe for you it's very easy to speak in front of others, but maybe, I don't know, maybe you are not so good at something that I find easy to do. Um, So having a mentor, I think it's very, it's, it's, uh, I recommend it a lot. I think it's very beneficial both for, for, for both parties. And usually, you know, it's, it's an space that you can find that is not your class space or it's not your work exp- space, but someone that you have somehow a connection with. It could be someone you admire and you can reach out, or it could be someone you work in the past and know yourself well, um, that can help you an- along the way and can advise you uh, with the uniqueness of you. If that makes sense.
1: There's been times where uh, I've looked back and realized that I've had mentors, but maybe I haven't called them mentors that it's not necessarily as formal as a role as some people often think it is that almost anyone can be your mentor um and that it's more of finding it's finding the right person who knows you who who be, like believes in you um and is willing to give you some of their time preferably regularly um it doesn't even need to be like hey will you be my mentor? it's like hey can i run can I let you know what I'm doing? Can you give me some feedback? Can you give me some advice on what I'm doing? Like that's that's an amazing start right there.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you're right. Sometimes we have mentors and we are not even aware. Um, and And I think for me, like, Maybe making more conscious that idea, okay, I need and I value someone that can help me in this need that I identify as something that I would like to improve or uh, or something that, I don't know, I need to work on, etc. Mm. Uh, I think that sort of self-awareness is also very important as a designer. And then what we do with that, right? Well, um, and I think that's where a mentor comes into hand. Uh, and and. Yeah, mentors could be about your practice, but they also could be life mentors, you know. I had someone that suggests me, oh, maybe doing meditation could help you. Um, and and it helped me in my life. It was not someone that was um, sort of, yeah, in this formal setting, oh, you are my mentor, and today I'm going to ask you questions. Um, but sometimes also having someone that... It's really good at what you do and it's in another level of maturity and creating that space where you can, uh, I don't know, have whatever, one one hour a month conversation and that continuity, uh, you can see progress. And I think that's another thing that is very beautiful about, you know, having a mentor that, uh, or, or the benefits. I've been a mentor and a mentee and like when I'm, I'm a mentee and I can see a progress of, of of someone is so satisfying. It's 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 really nice to see.
1: That's great. I've definitely. The, I think the power of having a, a mentor. You you don't always see it immediately, but like when they say something, you're like, "That's exactly it. That's that's exactly what I was trying to figure out." And that can be such a pivotal moment in in in, in your career sometimes. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I have a few questions. Um, and one of them is something I was really interested in. I really wanted to hear what your, you thought. Even if there is nothing feel or if it's a bit uncomfortable, feel free to um, skip past it. But I, I was wondering, obviously, I am a white man, um, obviously. Um, and that comes with a, a certain degree of privilege that comes with that from an ethnicity like standpoint or or your gender and your ethnicity how, what was your experience in design were there some barriers
2: um i i like i uh, i really like your questions and and sort of talking and sharing uh, mm. uh our experiences around that um i don't know if i would say that i experienced racism uh mm. i definitely had felt some Judgment or biases sometimes in mm. relation that, oh, and and I felt it was to do with I was a woman and that uh, my uh, and that English is my second language. Um, this, this in, in, I'm talking about work settings and and then I also had the opposite experience. You know, teams or people that were extremely welcoming and um and and embracing the fact that uh, I was different um not highlighting i was different but more again embracing and 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 mm. and trying to create uh teams um that were um very different in terms of ethnicity uh but also like careers as well like um, mm. so, so i also had really good experiences with that Mm-hmm. um but one thing that that sometimes i mention because i always find quite interesting is that you know i think that sometimes we do things or uh w- without even noticing and i remember when i first came here and i was doing my masters one thing that surprised me, I like I arrived like really naive with this idea that, oh, studying in a different country, I'm gonna make a lot of friends, and they all gonna speak English, <laughs> and they're gonna be from Australia, so I'm gonna get to make Australian friends. <laughs> and when I arrived, what I realized is that no one that was Australian was wi- n- not willing to speak with me, but like, yeah, that they would prefer to speak with other people that would speak English rather than with me. Uh, and then when we had to do group assignments, I would always kind of be left, be like I could I be the one that no one wants to be with. But what it was very funny is that so in, in, in the classroom context, it, it was this dynamic. But then on on, on the weekends that uh, I would go out with friends or I would be invited to a house party, whatever. The fact that I was a woman and I was speaking a second language, suddenly in another setting becomes... Super attractive, so everybody would want to speak with me because I had an accent and I was different. But mm-hmm. in a more formal setting, like university, it would not be cool to speak with me or to engage with me. Um, mm. And I think because I work uh, in, in in universities um, and and sort of familiar with the classroom settings, I think usually in classrooms we tend to uh, connect or or to relate to what is similar to us. So mm-hmm. I think in there, there is still work that um, we as designers can, uh, can do, I think, to um, narrow those bridges that exist because I don't think those things happen because people are racist. I think it's more uh, that we don't have enough tools to know how to um, sort of navigate uh, the discomfort or speaking with someone that is different to you, or uh, that you don't know what to ask, or that you you kind of don't know much about it, and it, it I understand that that can be overwhelming or challenging, uh, and I think that goes also for international students as well here in Australia. I'm I'm quite an extrovert and. Um, <laughs> So somehow that was not a big challenge. It was a little bit, but I do see many, uh, many international students, even when I teach or when I was studying that struggles lots with um, sort of engaging in a conversation. And that is also translate, translated then when they try to find jobs. But I think there is still somehow like tensions that we, um, that, that I think we can work together to 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 get better at it.
1: I really appreciate you sharing those personal elements and um your perspective on that. I, I'm very new to having these types of discussions, but I, I find it enlightening and also um really just amazing to hear from people like you and, and other people. I feel like it breaks me out of my own experience that often is quite solid. Um and I came from a very small well not very small, but a very traditional area up in uh, uh up in Queensland and I I remember I had never really seen um I think our school had one um person who wasn't like your 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 stereotypical Australian um like someone from that who whose ancestry came from ethnicity and I think we had one and that was um and the dynamic back then was was um definitely not the healthiest um but I remember breaking out of that space and kind of being exposed to the incredible and diverse people that seem to um, be all over Australia, which is, which is amazing, and people like yourself. So I really appreciate you being open with that and sharing. Oh,
2: no, I'm, uh, I'm glad. And I think that's another beautiful thing about it, that, that I love about these countries, that it um, gives me uh, the opportunity to really be mix myself with, uh, all different, uh, people from, uh, all different places with, uh, all different stories. Um, and it's beautiful because I, I think definitely that makes me better. Like I, uh, I found that interactions and, and seeing like listening stories of others and how different life, um, can be for like, you know, different people, um, I don't know, I I found that uh, very inspiring uh, Mm. because also then you also find that um, there are many things that even we can be very different, but there are many things that are uh, pretty pretty Mm. similar and that we all can relate.
1: You mentioned, so slightly differently, you mentioned you deal a lot with teaching students about design. What are some, and given kind of all the stuff we've talked about, are there any common challenges or patterns that you've kind of seen? Um, that may, maybe happens a lot across those new or those learning designers or people who are getting started in design.
2: Yeah, um, I think I think the biggest challenge I see, uh, and also like from my practice on service design with the students, uh, I know like there is some uh, evidence on that this is a common uh, challenge students in Australia, both locals and international, face is transitioning to, um, to an industry. So this, there is a gap between, all right, I'm a graduate and I finish uh, my degree uh to, all right, I have a job, I have a secure job, I have a practice. Uh, like, yeah, I think that is still a big challenge. So I think, uh, I don't know exactly this year, but I remember in 2020, like the evidence was something like, two years, that uh, the average people take about two years to find in a job in their field after they, grad- they graduate. Um, maybe that has changed. Now I know in our field, like it's design, it's on demand, uh, uh, and maybe that has changed a little bit. Um, but I think that's, that's a big challenge. And I think also it's, it's, it comes with a lot of frustration, because it's not what students expect that it will happen today when, when, when they finish. Um, So in the last year, they are super excited with portfolios and they start to feel confident in, in, in doing design. They find a wall uh, sort of, that is difficult to break when, when they want or, or, or when they try to find jobs.
1: How, how would you bridge some of that gap, especially the first one? You said they sometimes face a wall. Would you have any recommendations that you've seen that works well?
2: Yeah, uh, find a mentor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, I, I promise that most of my questions could be find a, a mentor today. It's like my, my mantra of the day. Um, what I mean by find a mentor is I think, and you're going to learn that, but you are not going to learn how to find a job. Uh, and in the same way that I was saying at the beginning that I had to navigate these differences uh, when I did my career change here in Australia, I think the same problem it's faced for students when it's the first time that they are going <clears> to <throat> create a folio and uh, find, uh, like, um, search for jobs and understand which ones they can apply and which ones they don't. The other one is that, as we were saying before, design today, it's so many things that i think it's also overwhelming for students when they finish their degrees that you know you you are still a baby in your field so you still don't know exactly what what is what you really like about design that is a bubble that has so many colors and so many different things uh and i think that is it it also is difficult to find a job because you, exa- you you still don't know exactly which roles you can do, which roles you want to do, how those roles could help you to build your career. And so I think these these are very difficult things um to do in your own as a graduate. Uh, so I think again finding finding a mentor, for example, to find a job, it's something that um that I definitely recommend. So I think yeah, it's also about being curious about um what how you can improve, or what are the things that you need to know to, to get into the industry or to be successful on in an interview. I think what helped me now looking back and thinking how I sort of how it happened. So if, if yeah, so one is persistence. Don't think that because you haven't been successful, don't that doesn't equal you are not good. Um, that equals either that you were not a fit in that, or there are things about how you are presenting that uh can be improved um, So that's one, like having that persistence um so that's one I think another thing that that it took me a bit, but it but I finally understood that and it was good is not comparing myself with others. So it was very common at the beginning for me to think, oh, of course I'm not going to get a job because English is my second language. Or, of course I'm not going to get a job. That person that is in the classroom with me uh, illustrates so much better and so much faster than me. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that happens. Like, But that doesn't mean that you still cannot get a job. Uh, or that doesn't mean that it's not out there, that's someone that could see your value no matter uh, if, yeah, no matter that English is your second language.
1: Something that I've encountered in it, I feel like it's been a, a theme of advice that I've always given to friends who have who are new to any field, that there are more than one ways to get to a goal. And if your goal is to be a particular kind of person or a particular kind of designer, And you find that one of your roads has been blocked or a door has been closed that that's just, you you now know that you can take a different path there. You can find that next step that you need to get to where you're trying to head or that next step that will get you better than you were yesterday.
2: That also happened with my illustration practice. I... I never been good at drawing and I never liked drawing. I love design, but drawing was not my thing. And at some point in one role I was doing some years ago, I was asked I st- yeah, I, I was asked to start illustrating um, things. Um, this is start with icons and then it transforms oh, I like your handwriting, maybe you can start drawing. And I was like, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to. I'm bad at this. I cannot do this. I cannot do this. And my manager at that time, which was an inspiring person to me, was pushing me a lot. And today I can say that I'm an illustrator. And that starts from a need that a team had that I was going to do something that I didn't want to do Uh but it was part of my role. I was the visual designer in that team. So if they ask me to draw, I have to draw. And it, I, I found I found something very special at the end uh, with that. And it's something that today is it's, it's part of my practice and something I feel proud of. I now regret, and I, I don't beat myself anymore, but I regret that it was uh, moments in my life that I didn't have that uh, openness or or that understanding. Um to know that maybe opportunities don't have exactly the shape or the name that you that you put on that goal list, but it's still an opportunity and you don't know where it's gonna take you, but and maybe it takes you to a better place than what you had in mind.
0: So there you have it. That's all for this episode. If you like this episode, feel free to visit this is hcd.com where you can access our back catalogue of over 100 episodes, with episodes related to service design, product management, design research, and much, much more. Now, if you're interested in design and innovation training, feel free to check out our business, thisisdoing.com, where you can join online classrooms and learn from the world's best design and innovation leaders. Join the This Is HCD newsletter, where you'll receive updates from the network. And also, if you're interested, apply to join the Slack community on thisishcd.com. Stay safe, and until next time, Take care.